Sounds of the Anteater Kingdom on 88.9 FM KUCI in Irvine. Weekly Signals, every Tuesday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. Join me, Mike Casper, and Nathan Callahan for the best in reality-based radio. That's Weekly Signals. Check out the website at weeklysignals.com. Why do you linger here when there is no hope? There is still hope. Tempted to think there is no hope for overcoming some of the challenges of modern life? Ask an elf. Or a hobbit. Tune in Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. with Milo Lomesdown at your service and... Tani Tenuvial, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. For What Would Arwen Do? on KUCI Irvine, 88.9 FM and streaming live on KUCI.org. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. Govanin and Suilane. To all my elf friends, this is What Would Arwen Do? from KUCI in Irvine 88.9 FM, Orange County's alternative radio station, and quite possibly the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. Welcome to What Would Arwen Do? Tuesdays, every Tuesday now from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. For the summer, no more alternating weeks. So welcome, my Govanin and Suilaid, to everyone listening live and online, and to my charming Hobbit co-host, Milo Lomsdown, at your service. Welcome, my friend. Isn't it a gorgeous day here in the Shire? It's a beautiful day in the Shire, and I'd also like to welcome my nieces and nephews who may be listening via podcast, my friends in Toronto who may be listening live or via podcast, and all of the friends that we have not only at 88.9 FM live here in Orange County, California, but also to those of you listening on for the Internet, KUCI, the voice of the University of California at Irvine, was one of the first stations to be live streaming 24 by 7 over the Internet, in our case, at KUCI.org. 
Well, I think that we don't have any way of notice of knowing how many people are listening through um, iTunes, but we have quite a few more people than have, I've ever seen online listening right now through the. Uh, we have this ice cast thing that tells how many people are listening to our website. So, greetings to anyone who is listening from anywhere. I know we have listeners uh, sometimes that listen from Poland, from. Um, England from Canada. So I would like us to say a special shout out and hello to anyone who may be listening uh, through from Torque, the OneRing.com, my favorite uh, Tolkien enthusiast message board. Uh, Vana, who's up in Washington, Scribbles up in Canada, Arwen up in Washington. Ro, I spoke with Ro this morning, and she's having lots of archery adventures. So in case uh, she's listening in or listening to the podcast, we want to say a special hello to her. And you've met Ro. And she looks just like Eowyn. (laughs) My gosh, when we saw the two towers last week, which we'll talk about more later. But boy, I was reminded just how much she looks like Eowyn, shield maiden. She's such a shield maiden. So if you are perhaps tuning in for the very first time, you may be wondering what this show is all about. Well, if a Middle-earth elf lived today in Southern California, in Irvine, to be more precise, what might her life look like? How would she, as a modern elf, celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures? Some people like to ask, what would Jesus do? And that is a very good question. But on this program, when challenges in life arise, or as the wizard Gandalf puts it, questions, questions that need answering, we like to ask, what would Arwen do? Who was Arwen, you may be wondering? In J.R.R. Tolkien's mythology of Middle-earth, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves and lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing, lore, and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine, from where we broadcast. Arwen was also a beloved daughter of the universe, as are all the women of this fair, celestial home called Earth, or in elvish Arda. I believe Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige, that with great privilege comes responsibility. She embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light, through her courage, wisdom, beauty, her sense of humor, and her service to others. In Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle-Earth, Colin Durias wrote, In his invented mythology of Middle-Earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, like dwarves, hobbits, and the like, partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. So as an elf, I believe this elven quality exists today in every living person and yearns for expression through gifts of nobility, creativity, and service to others. So Welcome again, Alain Delis, elf friends and hobbit friends. Alain Salah Lumen Amentielvo, a star shines on the hour of our meeting. And as usual, my dear hobbit friend, it is always one of the delights of my week, our time here together. Oh my gosh, yes. 
You peripatetic elf, it is such a wonderful time. We have so much to discuss. We have last oh, Tuesday to talk goodness. about and movie news and the return of the king tonight and everything so just for uh someone who may be tuning in for the first time could you give just a little recap of what this thing of you know somebody may be saying well what do you mean the two towers last week and return of the king this week yes what what is this little adventure that we've been on these three weeks tonight culminating uh the third of our three adventures from doing the show and we jump in the blue horse uh, to ride up to Tustin. Yes. So what happened was, originally there was Lord of the Rings, the trilogy, released mm-hmm. in 2001, 2002, 2003. Then came the DVDs of the movies. Then came the special extended edition DVDs of the movies. Mm-hmm. Then came the Blu-ray versions of the theatrical release. And today, June the 28th, 2011, is the official release date for the extended edition Blu-ray, which has been completely remastered mm-hmm. for Blu-ray by Andrew Lesney, the cinematographer, and Sir Peter Jackson, the director. So in celebration of this release of the Blu-ray edition of the complete Lord of the Rings trilogy extended edition, it was decided by the powers that be, the wonderful good fortune of the universe, that there would be three showings, one time only, one night only, Fellowship of the Ring, June the 14th, The Two Towers, last Tuesday, June the 21st, and tonight, all four hours and 11 minutes of glorious Return of the King. And as a very special treat, uh, those of us who are just diehard fans, not only of these movies, but very much anticipatory of the two Hobbit movies coming out in 2012. Oh, yes. We've gotten to see a little clip made especially for this occasion from Peter Jackson. So that's that's been really wonderful. Just it's amazing. Um and he looks so different during the filming of the Hobbit of the uh, Lord of the Rings movies. He looked so much like a chunk chubby little hobbit and now he's looking uh, very much more slim and elvish. <laughs> yes, I I must say it's an, an interesting transformation because certainly while filming the first three films, he looked more like a, a, a dwarf or a hobbit. Yeah. Um, perhaps more like a hobbit because we hobbits don't really comb our hair all that well, <laughs> whereas the dwarves love to braid and mm, precisely arrange their right. hair. So I think he looked more like a like a fellow hobbit. Right. <laughs> uh, but certainly in the current, in the current almost, I would say, resurrection of his body. (laughs) In the current incarnation, Uh he is a slim guy and certainly much more elvish looking. The first time I saw him, which I believe was that little clip that they released of, you know, showing some of the filming they were doing on the sets there in New Zealand, I had to do a second uh, double take because I looked at him and I thought, is that... Is that Peter Jackson? <laughs> he's he's yes, he gone was, on an aggressive so non-Hobbit diet. Yeah. I think he's taken some of your tips, Elf Princess, and started... Uh, if you eat like an elf, you know, it all kind of You'll start looking like an elf, and it just, <laughs> it's an amazing thing. We look forward to your book when you actually describe your life as an elf and the it's guiding been, principles. It's been over 10 years now, and I've learned uh, many things. I'm up to almost 100 and... 37, 87, something like that, things that, and I just added about uh, six more last week as I was combing through, uh, because I, you learn so many wonderful things as you read through these books, and and you see where, um, as 
Colin Durias articulated so well that the the elves and, and many of the peoples of Middle Earth are are metaphors of of the archetypes you know of the heroes that we look to in life and emulate very often. And that was one of the things that I've just loved about these movies. There are, are so many people, uh, you know, whether it's a, a hobbit or a dwarf or an elf, uh, that just showed some of the most wonderful um, qualities that we would all want to incorporate into our lives. Compassion and courage and rising to the occasion and um, being master, you know, in a sense of uh, attaining to our destiny, the... Uh, the importance of working together, you know, we see the fellowship, you know, supporting each other and and just so many wonderful themes in these in these works that were so beautifully brought to the screen through these three movies. So you have before um what should we should we first do our adventure report from last week? Because as we let our guests, our listeners know uh, last week, you were about to go off on a little Hobbit adventure to Las Vegas and see, get to see and play the Lord of the Rings slot machine. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So after you and I saw the Two Towers, which was a tremendous oh. visual experience and, and a tremendous storytelling experience. And we'll talk a little bit more we'll about, that. about that later. But the next day, early, I got up early <laughs> after a long late night the night before seeing the Two Towers, I got up early and drove up to Montebello, where I joined my brother-in-law and sisters-in-law and got ready to hop in a minivan. And the minivan worked just wonderfully. It was large and comfortable. They always like to rent a van before we go to Las Vegas, so we drove there. Mm-hmm. And we stopped for a biological break. We had to make use of facilities, and, and we decided to stop in Barstow. Of all places, mm, Barstow, uh, pretty about as not quite uh, the uh, crack of Mount Doom, but, <laughs> <laughs> but very close. And that day, very close. <laughs> at the time we stopped, it was about 106 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm, yes, I don't know what that is in centigrade, but it's very, it's very hot. Very, very hot. And so we went and we uh, had a little refreshing drink at the Barstow station there, which is a charming assemblage of like railroad cars that are <laughs> assembled into a little sort of rest stop, uh-huh. truck stop kind of thing. And there's uh-huh. actually a modern McDonald's right next door. Uh-huh. So one of the, you know, by that time we had picked up our niece and she was able to get some French fries from McDonald's. And not very hobbitish food, uh, not, not my kind of potato to be honest, Elf Princess. In any case, when we got back to the minivan, this poor, this poor pony cart, this little uh, donkey cart, had given up the ghost. It refused to start. Oh. We put the key in the ignition. It would not turn. It would not start. It, it would. We could not remove the keys from the ignition. Oh, really? So later on, uh, a mighty gentleman by the name of Matt with AAA, who looked very similar to a ranger. He had oh. that rough look. And yet, yes. a merry look. He had sort of a rough look, but he had sort of a twinkle in his eye. Mm. And he tried several ways to jump it. It didn't work. And then he finally loaded us on this massive flatbed truck. The minivan was hoisted up on the big flatbed. And we all fit in the cab of his big truck. How many of you were there? There were five of us. So four and you sat all fit in the cab? Four sat in the back seat, and I sat shotgun. <laughs> Ten minutes later, we were at the Hertz, and thank heavens we stopped at Barstow because there was a wonderful Hertz office there. Yes. And so after uh, about an hour of waiting uh, for the 
tow truck, another hour of waiting for a minivan. We were back on the road in um, almost three hours. So you can't keep a hobbit down when he's off on an adventure. No, the adventure <laughs> continued. So we rolled into the M Resort, all the way at the southern tip of the city of Las Vegas, and we had the wonderful buffet. Mm. Beautiful, wonderful buffet at the M Resort, which is a beautiful and gorgeous. Because they have food kind of all night long there, right? They have food all the time everywhere. <laughs> but the buffet there is really, it's not that large a buffet, but very delicious. In mm. any case, I could barely wait because I wanted to finish eating. And as soon as the family was done eating and they got up to do, you know, my brother-in-law went to the card games at the tables and the one... Even after that long drive, you kind of get your second wind once you get there. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I went to the Lord of the Rings machine and I had... <gasps> By going to playerslife.com, I had gotten miles all the way up from Arwen's Rescue, all the way up to the battle with the Balrog. On the Bridge of Khazadum. Yes. And so at that level of the video game, when you get the three gold rings, a bonus is triggered and you can choose what you want to play. Arwen's oh, Rescue, oh. the Prancing Pony. I want to go and play Arwen's Rescue. I oh, have to do that. Oh, it's beautiful. But okay. this was my first time playing the Gandalf's Balrog bo- battle, and it was he and the Balrog on the bridge at Khaz of Doom, and I have pictures to show you later, oh, Elf Princess. Oh, I can hardly wait. And what happens is the Balrog whips his whip at Gandalf. Gandalf starts with five hit capacity, and gradually the Balrog wears him down. But mm-hmm. sometimes you get a winning spin on the reels, and Gandalf is able to strike the Balrog. And when the bonus is over, the Balrog always falls. It switches from video game mode to a beautiful clip from the original mm. Fellowship of the Ring where you see the Balrog falling down. Just before he cracks the Just whip before he cracks the whip and, and takes Gandalf with him. You just see the Balrog fall, which is... Yeah. It's wonderful to see the Balrog yes. fall all by himself, even though you know what's coming next. Right. They don't show it. Right. So... So did you, uh, were you able to like win some extra points or go to the next level? I or? got more mileage. I'm 10 miles away from Galadriel's Stairway. Oh my goodness. And so the next trip to Las Vegas, I will, by playerslife.com, if you have a user ID and password, you can get miles at home for free with no cost and get your way up to the next bonus level. So at home... In the next few months, I'll be playing at home and getting up to Galadriel Stairway, which is another Now, these bonus Lord level. of the Rings, of course, you know, when I, I've not been to Las Vegas for probably more than 10 years, um, and there certainly wasn't anything like that there when I was there. Um, these Lord of the Rings slot machines are relatively new, are they not? And, yes. And are they only in Las Vegas? Are there? It was introduced by WMS, the company that makes them, last year, last summer, mm-hmm. early in the summer of last year, June. And it was first, I believe it first made its appearance at Mohegan Sun, which is a Massachusetts Native American oh. gambling establishment. Oh. And then it quickly spread to Las Vegas. I expect that Mohegan Sun was like a tryout for it uh-huh. because when it was proven successful, it went to Las Vegas and went hog wild. And one little piece of news also from Las Vegas. On the video screen now, they have a little ad saying, coming soon, the Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers slot machine. Oh. So maybe we'll have Gandalf battling Saruman. Yes. 
<laughs> so that was your wonderful adventure, and you have pictures to show me later, so I will be excited to see that. I did call and remind you, yes. although you did not pick up the phone when I called, so you were probably off having adventures. Yes, and I actually wasn't able to hear it in the loud din, but I did take oh. photos, and I will upload them and send them to you, Elf Princess. Now, the other thing, uh, before we get on to uh, movie things, because my goodness, look how fast the time goes, and we have wonderful things, uh, readings and music from uh, The Return of the King and just in celebration of this wonderful trilogy of films. But um, you also, we also have another adventure report. Um, there was something else that you did the, this last week that I was going to just ask you about. Oh, my gosh, and I've uh, forgotten just the, Oh, oh, oh uh, last night, the, um, the big party at, oh my um, gosh. Up at the Best Buy. So in they, West Los Angeles. Last Tuesday, when we were at the theater, for those of you just uh, tuning in, uh, last Tuesday, this is What Would Arwen Do? I am Tony Genuvio. This is Milo Lomsdown at your service. And this is we are on KUCI. In Irvine. 88.9 and KUCI.org. Yes. And so we were at uh, the Two Towers, and they actually made an announcement there, although you had found the information about this online. But apparently uh, there was a special event last night at the Best Buy up in L.A. Yes. Um, a costuming event and everything for the sale of the Blu-ray that would be go- to be going on at midnight. And they were having a costume adventure. Tell, give us some of the details of all of the wonderful things that they had to offer last night. Well, it was that we an, did not get to go to, but there were various things, previous commitments that prevented us from going ourselves to Midnight Madness. But because the official release date is June the twenty eighth for the Blu Ray edition of the extended edition of Lord of the Rings, well, they had a release party. So what happens is Midnight Monday, well. 12.01 a.m. Tuesday morning is just past midnight Monday. They had a seven-hour party at the Best Buy in West Los Angeles. And attending there were John Noble, who played Denethor, Brad Dourif, who is brilliant as Wormtongue, and Sala Baker, who put oh. on the suit of Sauron. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I was to remember who it was that... Uh, now, who... Um Sauron, does he have any lines in the movie, Ashley? He doesn't speak anything, does he? Because no. I think he was at another event that I went to one time. It might have been Comic-Con or something. But, uh, you know, with with a presence like that, you don't have to say anything anyway. <laughs> I would urge you all to go to theonering.net. Is he tall? Uh, he is a tall person. Okay. Theonering.net has complete description of the festivities as well as wonderful photographs, including the person, a lady dressed up as a female Balrog, and won the costume event, which won her, yes, a round-trip ticket to New Zealand. Does it say who the person was? I do not have that name yet. Okay, Do not have because I'm wondering yet. if it was, uh, there's, there is a whole a large costuming group here in L.A. that I've had the extreme privilege of interacting with several times. Uh, they do a lot of charity events. Um, they're, they're, a lot of them are part of uh, Tolkien Forever, which is the Southern California's meal for a Tolkien Society. Right. And they're just a great, fun bunch of people that like to celebrate J.R. Tolkien and Middle Earth and party. And they're, many of them are amazing costumers. And um, Kat Devereaux, um, there's a whole... Actually, if you Google some of this stuff there's, and you're interested in costuming, they have a whole website where... Uh, that you can get tips from people. If you're making a costume or something and you get stuck, they will actually give you some pointers on how to make this certain kind of sleeves and how to fit 
uh, patterns together, or where to find the best fabrics and all that kind of thing. So I would imagine, I will be surprised if it wasn't somebody from one of the those groups. Uh, Cat Scratch Alley, I think, is the group that, um, so, but you don't have a name, but the, who was who was the character that the person was dressed like? A female Balrog. Oh my, oh my gosh, gosh how I creative. know I know who this is. I think I know it's who a this lady. Is. I think her name might have been Denise something. But oh, in any case, Bell they Rock. had fireworks, they had a laser light show, they had John Noble and Brad Dourif and Sala Baker oh. in person. They had shirts giveaways and poster giveaways and of course the big thing for the best costume was given to this lady who dressed as a female Balrog and she gets a round trip ticket round-trip flight and staying in New Zealand and visiting Weta Workshop. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. 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 So, again, theonering.net has lots of photographs. There's some video. They were streaming live video yesterday during the event. Mm. So it was a wonderful time, which, unfortunately, this elf and hobbit, unfortunately, (laughs) had to miss. Yes, but we get to, we we have other adventures. Oh, one final thing to mention. Yes. As you folks, as the listeners, are thinking about getting the extended edition on Blu-ray, be aware that there's two flavors. There's the extended edition on Blu-ray that you can get at Costco or Sam's Club or Amazon.com or all these places. But there's a special edition only available at Best Buy, which is packaged with, in a bigger box, six figurines, including (gasps) Gandalf and Frodo. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. Did you order that? I have not ordered anything yet, Elf oh Princess, as I was waiting to see what oh. was coming out. Oh, my gosh. The figurines. I I have a story. I have got to get know, that I version, know. though. I would have liked to have get it last night. Imagine it being signed by Brad Dourif oh, and John, John Noble, Noble yes. and or Sala Baker. Oh, yeah. So we missed out. But you can't do everything. You can't do everything. And um, I already have a storage space full of stuff from uh, when the movies were coming. I went a little crazy on action figures, um, but I love them. You know, so, so yeah, I have a, a lot of them in their original packaging. But so it's 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 wonderful, and it's a lot of it's a lot of fun, and it's just. It's just one of those things in life, you know, it's amazing how the this work of J.R. Tolkien's has endured for so long and brings so much joy to people, um, inspires our creativity, inspires dreams. I mean, this this um, woman who dressed up as a Belrog, you know, who knows? This this could be life-changing for her, going to New Zealand. She might end up going to work at Weta Workshop or might decide to make a career in costuming or something. So you just never know where these things that inspire us and that um, lift our hearts, you never know to what level they may they may take us. And one thing I always tell my little hobbit nieces and nephews is follow your passion. Follow your inspiration. Yes. Don't worry so much about money. Money is for people like Morgoth and Sauron <laughs> and Saruman to worry about. Yes. Follow your heart, follow your inspiration, follow your passion and you'll find you'll find that you'll have a wonderful life. Well, and generally, the money will take care of itself because if you're doing something that you really love, you generally tend to be very good at it because you're doing it so much out of love that it just you just keep doing it and you get better and better and better because you're so passionate about it and you love doing it. So, right. which I will have to say is um, 
Let me put in a little plug for our friends here at KUCI in Irvine. Here we are, over a hundred volunteers here at KUCI. None of us get paid. All for volunteers, all the management volunteers. and staff, all volunteers. And people here who are so passionate about bringing people alternative music, music from great bands that are not getting played on the major airwaves, but are enriching the world with their wonderful music. And many people here who are just so committed to bringing that music uh, to the airwaves so that people can discover it. So we have, I mean, just before we came in, TNT's, TNT's wonderful Funk Your Face, and she had oh this my gosh, Afro disco. pop and then disco. Oh yeah. my gosh, such a variety of good music that you never hear any other place. And coming up at 6 o'clock, Rachel Ray's Cooking Accident oh my gosh. with Heather McCoy. You never know what she's going to come up with. It's always a little crazy, always a little edgy. And fun. And but I was Exciting, say, and fun. Always, and always just entertaining. fun and you know, uplifting and, and crazy. Unique. You're yes. not going to get that anywhere else in the universe. Absolutely. And that's just the teeny tiniest sample. Go to KUCI.org and click on Schedule. And you'll see our schedule in each program, Monday through Sunday. For each time block, you'll see a little brief description. And then for yes. most of them, you can click on the name of the show, and it'll give you a lengthier description. And the thing that's so amazing is that we have, for me, just... My adventure with The Lord of the Rings, with J.R.R. Tolkien and Middle-Earth, has... I wouldn't be here were it not for that, because I would have never talked to this person about my interest in J.R. Tolkien and kind of shared with him about my little experiment of my life as an elf, in which he said, you know, you should think about doing a radio show. I'd never thought about doing radio my entire life. And uh, he said, you know, was doing, he was a college student doing radio over here. He said, oh, they're opening up the training to community members this quarter, which I will also have to say that we have started a new quarter here at uh, UC Irvine, which corresponds to our KUCI quarters. Right. And there will be a training uh, coming up here at KUCI. And uh, it might be even that... Uh, the training. There's an announcement about when the training will be starting. If you, if there isn't, please uh, visit our website at qci.org, and there, there will be an announcement about the next training. And I believe right. the summer is open to community members. QC, uh, QCI is one of the only college radio stations that opens their trainings to community members. Once so a we, year. so we don't only have students, although we have many, many students who are very yes. wonderful and creative. We also have people that are graduates uh-huh. and postgraduates and post 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 postgraduates <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> but uh, what's tonight elf princess so tonight oh my gosh tonight we are going to be going to see the return of the king and uh, here in Orange, the culmination of three wonderful nights of, ex- of ver- uh, viewings of the extended versions. It has been so delightful, first off, to get to see these movies with my dear Hobbit friend, because we both love these movies so much. Oh, my gosh. And, and last it, week's... Uh, oh, did seeing it the open two towers. And seeing the richness of the fleshing out in the extended edition, you got a fleshing out of the complex relationship between Denethor and his two sons, Boromir and Faramir. And just, I mean, it's always, I love this music, but it's always amazing to me every time I view the movies, because that was one of the things for me. I, I mean, I like 
um, movies and movie soundtracks. It, there, um, there are certain movies that just the soundtracks grab me. But this was one of the things that I think for me really was what drew me in so much to these movies was the amazing, amazing music that Howard Shore created uh, with so much intention for each one of the races, you know, for the, the ring motif that weaves itself through the whole movie. And um, the 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 music that supports the incredible scenes that we would see. I mean, the music there when they're when oh. Gandalf and Eomer are coming over that hill oh my down gosh. into the valley of Helm's Deep to coming to the rescue, and those trumpets are you know going. It's just it just gives you goosey bumps, you know, all over your body. <laughs> and and a lot of people don't care for Gollum's song, but once again, when I heard yeah. it. Oh my gosh, it is chilling and thrilling. Yes. It's a great piece of music and a great set of lyric. It's just a tremendous achievement by, what's his name? <laughs> Howard Shore. Howard Shore. <laughs> so speaking of Howard Shore, um, as we get into our second segment here where we'll have some readings from, in celebration of... The Return um, of the King. Readings from Return of the King, a little bit from reading from the professor. But first, um, I was... I mean, the extended, um, the complete recordings of Return of the King are on a four-disc set. And you talk about uh, being being able to only choose maybe two or three songs to share out of uh, so many. There must be 40 tracks, though. Yes, um, it was quite a challenge. Because it's all great. It's all great. But I remember in the movie, I love the scene where um, Pippin, you know, is kind of uh, sworn allegiance to Denethor. Oh, yes. You know, and um, he and Denethor asks him, you know, to sing a song. And he says, what, you know, Pippin says, you know, what songs would I have for a hall such as this? And uh, he says, oh, you're, you know, your songs are too good, you know, for any, and, and uh, Billy Boyd sings just as the uh, men of, um, you know, of Gondor are, are going out into the fields pretty much to almost certain slaughter. Yes. And because they're so overmatched and the incredible music of this. So if it is okay with you, I'm going to play that track. Please, for please, listeners. please. So more Howard Shore. More, more. This is called The Sacrifice of Faramir. And this is uh, track four from disc two of the Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, the complete recording Academy Award winning music from Howard Shore. KUCI in Irvine.
my gosh, that is so fabulous. And as we have Independence Day coming up in the United States, where we honor the people that fought for our independence and for our freedoms, it is so amazing to think of all of the soldiers that are fighting as best they know how, following their commanders to go into battle. Sometimes the battles are with high probability of danger. Yes, and so uh, we will not be able to meet again before 4th of July, so uh, we would just like to, a special reminder, especially for anyone who might be listening through the podcast, to take some time over the July 4th weekend. It's a wonderful time that we celebrate the many wonderful freedoms that we enjoy here in America, many of which have been hard-won and hard-bought over many, many years. So um, Not only with pain but also suffering, tragedy, heartache, and even death. And this is one of the things that I love about uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's work, and, and especially that we see in The Lord of the Rings and in the backstory, is that uh, one of the things I loved about the elves, that they, they stayed in their own realms, they, were, you know, they had their communities that they were committed to supporting, but when a greater danger came, you know, something that was threatening to come into their own places and to, you know, to enslave them. Sauron's uh, Sauron's plan was to ensnare all the free peoples, to lay waste to Middle-earth, and to enslave all of the free peoples, and they all came together to do what they could to keep, to protect their homelands. And so, um, Again, and seeing the courage, you know, Frodo and Sam, the most unlikely of heroes um, that rise to the occasion. So incredible, incredible themes in the music. And again, this coming weekend. And I want to very especially uh, ask that our friends would all be very careful. It's a wonderful time to celebrate, but please do not get into your car and drive anywhere. Please have a designated driver or walk or take the bus. The bus is a wonderful way to get around. It is, and don't forget about the fireworks. It's fun to watch fireworks, but try to watch them and don't play with them because they can be dangerous. The tip of a sparkler reaches 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit, and it can be a dangerous thing, so be safe. (laughs) By the way, if you would like to win a copy of the 15-disc Lord of the Rings box set, which has two Blu-rays for each film, plus three DVDs of extras for each film... Wired.com is running a little sort of contest. Basically, if you want a chance to win one of three copies, you have to enter into their blog your expectations of Peter Jackson's adaptation of The Hobbit. And the best comments, apparently, will win a copy, a Blu-ray copy of the extended edition. Oh, I need I need to um, get the details about that. I'll be handing it to you right after our show oh, is complete. Yay. Okay. Well, there's one way to get your hands on one of those uh, magnificent little box sets. So we have a couple of readings that I wanted oh, us to yes. share today. If you are just <clears throat> tuning in, this is What Would Arwen Do on every Tuesday, 4 to 5 p.m. here on KUCI in Irvine, Orange County's alternative radio station. And... Milo, my dear Hobbit, I thought it would be so appropriate today to read uh, from um, that scene at the end of all things, uh, the professor's own 
uh, version of that particular scene, which to me, that's one of the most beautiful scenes in The Hobbit. You know, the whole fight with Gollum at the brink of the edge of doom and poor Frodo and Sam, there they are engulfed, you know, on this rock surrounded by fiery, a fiery river. <laughs> and I'm reminded of David Sedaris' great story, When You Are Engulfed in Flames, which was the lead-off for the book of the same name. But getting back to Tolkien... In The Return of the King, the chapter, The Field of Cormalan, we hear Frodo first. I am glad that you are with me, said Frodo, here at the end of all things, Sam. Yes, I am with you, Master, said Sam, laying Frodo's wounded hand gently to his breast. And you're with me, and the journey's finished. But after coming all that way, I don't want to give up yet. It's not like me somehow, if you understand. Maybe not, Sam, said Frodo, but it's like things are in the world. Hopes fail. An end comes. We have only a little more time now to wait. We are lost in ruin and downfall, and there is no escape. Well, Master, we could at least go further from this dangerous place here, from this crack of doom, if that's its name. Now couldn't we? Come, Mr. Frodo, let's go down the path at any rate. Very well, Sam. If you wish to go, I'll come, said Frodo. And they rose and went slowly down the winding road. And even as they passed towards the mountain's quaking feet, a great smoke and steam belched from the Samoth Naur, and the side of the cone was riven open, and a huge fiery vomit rolled in slow, thunderous cascade down the eastern mountainside. Frodo and Sam could go no further. Their last strength of mind and body was swiftly ebbing. They had reached a low ashen hill piled at the mountain's foot, but from it there was no more escape. It was an island now, not long to endure, amid the torrent of Arodruin. All about it the earth gaped, and from deep rifts and pits smoke and fumes leapt up. Behind them the mountain was convulsed. Great rents opened in its side. Slow rivers of fire came down the long slopes toward them. Soon they would be engulfed. A rain of hot ash was falling. They stood now, and Sam, still holding his master's hand, caressed it. He sighed, "'What a tale we have been in, Mr. Frodo, haven't we?' he said. "'I wish I could hear it told. Do you think they'll say—' Now comes the story of nine-fingered Frodo in the Ring of Doom, and then everyone will hush like we did when in Rivendell they told us the tale of Baron One Hand and the Great Jewel. I wish I could hear it, and I wonder how it will go on after our part. But even while he spoke so, to keep fear away until the very last, his eyes still strayed north, north into the eye of the wind, to where the sky far off was clear, as the cold blast rising to a gale drove back the darkness and the ruin of the clouds. And so it was that Gwaihir saw them with his keen, far-seeing eyes, as down the wild wind he came, and daring the great peril of the skies, he circled in the air, two small dark figures, forlorn, hand in hand upon a little hill, while the world shook under them and gasped, and rivers of fire drew near. And even as he espied them and came swooping down, he saw them fall, worn out, or choked with fumes and heat, or stricken down by despair at last, hiding their eyes from death. Side by side they lay, and down swept Gwaihir, and down came Landroval, and Meneldor the swift, and in a dream, not knowing what fate had befallen them, the wanderers were lifted up and borne far away out of the darkness and the fire. Oh my gosh! I can barely read it without crying out in, in tears and and 
pride. That's beautiful. And I'm going to play now a track from the Jared Tolkien uh, audio collection of the professor himself um, reading from the chapter The Steward and the King. And this is the professor with the Eagle Song. And then we will hear Howard Shores track The Eagles from Disc 4 of Return of the King, the complete recordings. And here is Professor J.R.R. Tolkien. And before the sun had fallen far from the noon, out of the east there came a great eagle flying. And he bore tidings beyond hope from the lords of the west, crying, Sing now, ye people of the Tower of Anor, for the realm of Sauron is ended forever, and the dark tower is thrown down. Sing and rejoice, ye people of the Tower of God, for your watch hath not been in vain, and the black gate is broken, and your king hath passed through, and he is victorious. Sing and be glad, all ye children of the West, for your king shall come again, and he shall dwell among you all the days of your life. And the tree that was withered shall be renewed, and he shall plant it in the high places, and the city shall be blessed. Sing, all ye people. And the people sang in all the ways of the city. my gosh, Renee Fleming, are you kidding me? The greatest uh, mezzo in the world with one of the greatest films ever made. And tonight we will get to see all four hours and ten minutes of the extended edition. And four hours and ten minutes of glorious music, <laughs> including glorious that music. one. And as we are coming to the end of our show, I wanted to read this one small part from uh, the Lord of the Rings, um, the Return of the King, the chapter Many Partings, and uh, many people know that Frodo was able to sail over sea as one of the ring bear- bearers, but uh, few people may not realize that he was given the gift to go uh, by uh, the Lady Arwen as a queen. So I want to read this part. It's so beautiful, such a touching scene uh, from many partings uh, from J.R.R. Tolkien's Return of the King. When the days of rejoicing were over at last, the companions thought of returning to their own homes, and Frodo went to the king as he was sitting with the Queen Arwen by the fountain, and she sang a song of Valinor while the tree grew and blossomed. They welcomed Frodo and rose to greet him, and Aragorn said, I know what you have come to say, Frodo. You wish to return to your own home. Well, dearest friend, the tree grows best in the land of its sires, but for you in all the lands of the West there will ever be a welcome. And though your people have had little fame in the legends of the great, they will now have more renown than any wide realms that are no more. It is true that I wish to go back to the Shire, said Frodo, but first I must go to Rivendell, for if there could be anything wanting in a time so blessed, I missed Bilbo, and I was grieved when among all the household of Elrond I saw that he was not come. Do you wonder at that ring-bearer, said Arwen, 
For you know that the power of that thing which is now destroyed, and all that was done by that power is now passing away. But your kinsman possessed this thing longer than you. He is ancient in years now, according to his kind, and he awaits you, for he will not again make any long journey, save one. Then I beg leave to depart soon, said Frodo. In seven days we will go, said Aragorn, for we shall ride with you far on the road, even as far as the country of Rohan. In three days now, Eomer will return hither to bear Theoden back to rest on the mark, and we shall ride with him to honor the fallen. But now before you go, I will confirm the words that Faramir spoke to you, and you are made free forever of the realm, free forever of the realm of Gondor, and all your companions likewise. And if there were any gifts that I could give to match with your deeds, you should have them. But whatever you desire, you shall take with you, and you shall ride in honor and arrayed as princes of the land. But the queen Arwen said, "A gift I will give you, for I am the daughter of Elrond." I shall not go with him now when he departs to the havens, for mine is the choice of Luthien, and so, and as she, so have I chosen, both the sweet and the bitter. But in my stead you shall go, ring-bearer, when the time comes, and if you then desire it. If your hurts grieve you still, and the memory of your burden is heavy, then you may pass into the west until all your wounds and weariness are healed. But wear this now, in memory of Elfstone and Evenstar, with whom your life has been woven. And she took a white gem like a star that lay upon her breast, hanging upon a silver chain, and she set the chain about Frodo's neck. When the memory of the fear and the darkness troubles you, she said, this will bring you aid. Oh my gosh, it's an unbelievable <sighs> scene in the book. Yes. And oh, lordy. And, of course, the beautiful scene at the end of the movie we will be seeing tonight where uh, Frodo uh, goes and with Bilbo to the Havens, and they set sail on the, the last ship. Oh, my but, gosh. Uh, many adventures to uh, enjoy and in the meantime. For people that are <laughs> listening live, if you're listening live on KUCI 88.9 FM or over the Internet at KUCI.org, there is still time. There is still hope. The showing doesn't begin until 7 p.m. <laughs> at the district in Tustin, the AMC complex. There is so wonderful, wonderful people and everything. The Return of the King, 11 nominations, 11 wins. Mm, the most of any film in history to be nominated for X and to win all X is number one. Picture, Peter Jackson, Fran Walsh, and Barry M. Osborne. As producers, they beat out Mystic River. Yes. Art direction, Grant Major, Dan Hanna, and Alan Lee beat out Master and Commander in The Last Samurai. Both beautiful films. Costume design, Angela Dixon and Richard Taylor beat out the same two films, which were beautiful costumes as well. Director, Peter Jackson, now Sir Peter Jackson, beat mm. out Clint Eastwood. He beat Clint Eastwood at that year's Oscars. No other, no other film has ever been nominated for eleven Academy Awards and, and won, won all 11, eleven. All eleven. Certainly, no fantasy film, if I recall correctly. This yes. is the first fantasy film to win Best Picture. Best Picture. It, it certainly was. Even Avatar, which many yes. people thought would win, did uh, not win. Yes. Oh my so God. Well, we can. Uh, we'll have an adventure report next week uh, after. Um, we go tonight. So it goes on and on. And Visual effects won out over Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, costuming won over Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Adapted screenplay yes. won out over Mystic River and American Splendor and City of God. Yes. 
Unbelievable. So uh, we will be back next week. Thank you all for, for listening. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at askanelf, A-S-K-A-N-E-L-F, askanelf at yahoo.com. The show will be up on podcast in the next day or two. Go to K-U-C-I talk, K-U-C-I-T-A-L-K dot O-R-G and look for Arwen. Or you can go to iTunes and search for Arwen, A-R-W-E-N, and you'll find the free podcast there as well. And my dear friend, so we are off on another adventure. Coming up, I believe, is uh, syndicated programming for this summer with uh, shows from Serena Sharp's The Serena Sharp Show. And uh-huh. then at 6 o'clock, uh, Heather McCoy will be here with Rachel Ray's Cooking Accident. We're going to end tonight with the last song on the last track of the Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, extended, uh, I mean, complete, complete recordings. recordings. And this is Bilbo's song. Bilbo's so, song. Great. Until next week, my Hobbit friend, Alin Salalumin Amentielvo, a star shines on the hour of our meeting. Elf friend, it's been great, and it'll be great tonight. KUCI in Irvine.